one thing we always depend on is some good uh, comments coming to us from Real Clear Politics. We go there inside the Beltway. The White House correspondent, Philip Wegman, Indiana's finest. Uh, Philip, how are you, sir? Not bad. Happy Tuesday and Merry Christmas, Pat. And the same back to you. Now, you're not coming home for Christmas, are you? No. Uh, my folks are coming out here, and really? uh, we will be having uh, Christmas uh, east of the Appalachians. Uh, my brother and his wife are out here, so uh, the uh, the grandchildren are the draw for my family. Okay. Luckily for me, that, is, uh, that means I don't have to travel. <laughs> so, so are mom and dad actually going to make it to D.C.? Uh, they will be. Uh, before then, though, um, I'm leaving tomorrow morning for Iowa, where I'm going to hop on the bus with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis ah. and try and get a sense of where he thinks uh, his path to the Republican nomination is and uh, to sort of set the scene. Either uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be um, one of the, the, the bigger political flops or he's uh, setting the stage for one of the biggest uh, political comebacks in uh, American history. Um, and you know what? If we'd gone back six or nine months ago, I'm really astounded that this is where DeSantis finds himself, um, that, that he's in the midst of this kind of struggle. Is, is there what, – what let, let's say for a minute you don't work for Real Clear Politics, Okay. Let's say that you are actually on the Ron DeSantis uh, team and that you're in a one-on-one with him in the back of a bus and you're trying to work through some things. What would you tell him? I don't mean because he's a better conservative than Trump. I don't mean because he's a stronger Republican. But from a purely, I guess, platonic um, campaign idea, what would you tell him? Here's the direction we need to go and here's how you need to do it. What would you say to him? Well, I think campaigns are really in trouble if they would have to ask my advice. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the, uh, the opinion business. But um, to hazard kind of an answer, I think I can diagnose the problem, uh, the challenge at least. You have in Ron DeSantis probably as unimpeachable of a conservative as you can get. No one is going to get to the right of Ron DeSantis when it comes to policy. Right. Uh, if you look at what he did on uh, in Florida on a number of different uh, issues, you know, from the Harris Foundation to AEI, uh, all sorts of conservatives are going to praise his work. And they might quibble here and there. But for the most part, Ron DeSantis is a rock-ribbed conservative. And yet he is running against Donald Trump. Uh, who did some pretty conservative things, certainly, but also there are some liabilities for the former president. Namely, uh, he exploded the deficit, and that was before the pandemic, and that sort of led to some of the inflation that we have seen. He did not stand up to Dr. Anthony Fauci and let the COVID task force continue to prescribe to some of these state governors that uh, they should go along with lockdowns. There's a number of potential liabilities for the former president, But when you boil it all down, Republican voters, they like Trump. They like Trump in sort of the same way they like Koch. He is iconic in that he is a political figure and he's also a cultural figure. And here you have Ron DeSantis, who is now selling um, Pepsi. Uh, How do you get voters who really liked um, the original brand to consider yours? And it's a pretty difficult um, marketing and branding exercise. It's hard to do. I don't think that right now we can um, you know, write an obituary for any of these candidates. Certainly, 
John McCain, John Kerry, and even Joe Biden were written off. And then they turned around and won the whole thing. So maybe maybe things change for DeSantis. But um, on the policy, he, he has given every right answer. But uh, something has been missing. And, uh, you know, we will see if, um, you know, the early polling holds true or if when voters actually caucus, when they actually uh, vote, things are different than, than we see in the polls right now. Uh, but, I, I, you know, just as it's really easy for a lot of pundits to say, oh, well, Ron DeSantis made a misstep here and he made a misstep there, um, I don't think that you can discount uh, just how much of a juggernaut um, former President Trump is. Well, yeah, I mean, he's larger than life. He, he is an entire slice of Americana, and either you desperately love it or you don't. Even people that just kind of like it, if he ends up being the candidate, they're going to be ending up voting for him anyway. I find it very interesting, um, and I, I, I'm sure you've caught it too, that in a lot of recent speeches and in a couple of ads, uh, primarily out in the Iowa area, Donald Trump is very much putting the story out, don't take anything for granted. I need you, I need your vote right from the outset. Let's win this thing and let's start it in Iowa because that didn't happen the last time. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, this is a much more professional Trump campaign in that they don't leak like they did in 2016. Nobody leaks like they did in 2016. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, and it's also more professional in that uh, last time around, Donald Trump really leaned on his celebrity, and that was not enough. He didn't have a traditional get-out-the-vote uh, apparatus. He didn't have the machine that he needed to actually knock on doors, get people to the, the polls and the caucus sites. This time, he does have that. Um, there's much more of an operation. We'll see if uh, DeSantis and, and uh, his team you know, are, are able to you know, do the blocking and tackling better than he is. And if they can, you know, eke out a win here. But one of the things that I'm watching for in Iowa, in New Hampshire, is do we get something that changes the narrative? Does uh, DeSantis pull off an upset? Does Nikki Haley overperform? Or does Trump just run away with it a as expected by, by plenty of journalists and, and plenty of uh, wise beards here in D.C.? Because if Trump runs away with it in those early states then that cottage industry in Iowa, the, the, the folks who are so jealous of their first-in-the-nation status, that makes it pretty difficult for them um, to maintain that tradition. Uh, it makes it much more difficult to say, all right, well, you know, the eyes of the nation are going to shift to Iowa if Iowa's not going to do anything different. So I think that there's an opportunity for an upset. Certainly, the DeSantis folks um, have made Iowa a little Alamo. They've pushed almost um, in the majority of the resources there. And if he's going to, um, if he's going to change things, it's, it's got to start in Hawkeye State. No, no. And I think you're exactly correct. One of the things that I think I find curious is I, I, I think Trump wins Iowa. What I find curious is I think Trump wins New Hampshire, but I think Haley brings in a really tight second place, which, you know, she will leapfrog past DeSantis in New Hampshire. Now, will that mean anything for the long haul? I don't know, but at least it means that DeSantis and certainly Trump will both have to give her some credibility. And I think that, you know, just earlier today, 
the uh, DeSantis campaign, they released this this tiny website where they sort of um, uh, made light of the fact that Nikki Haley uh, has not attacked Trump as much as they would have liked. And they sort of uh, floated the idea that perhaps the former uh, ambassador wants to be his vice president. I think at this point, Nikki Haley has you know burned those bridges, but um, they are, are trying to insinuate that, that perhaps she's not in this for the long haul, that, that perhaps she's not actually someone who's going to challenge Trump, and that if you want um, someone who can actually deliver on promises and actually be you know, the, the conservative that they said they would be during the campaign, uh, that, it's, that it's DeSantis. I think that that attack on Haley shows uh, just how, uh, how much the DeSantis campaign takes her seriously and how they're, they're willing to point back to her time in the Trump administration when uh, there was a pretty significant campaign. Uh, there were some who, who were whispering in the West Wing that uh, Trump should ditch Pence and go with go with Haley. But, you know, more than anything, um, I think that this question about the, the vice presidency and you know trying to use that as either a, a cudgel or a, a carrot, um, I, I think that just reflects where we're at in the in the race right now. Um, you know, there's sort of this expectation. And it's one that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Trump is trying to dissuade his own voters of, of getting too confident. But there's this impression that Trump has this thing sewn up. And that now the conversation is about um, you know, who's going to be on on his uh, on his ticket with him. Okay, let, let me do this. Let me ask you this question. Take me about it's going to take me twenty to thirty seconds to ask it, and then you answer it and you straighten my brain out. And then we're going to have to get out of here. We got an IU game coming up later tonight. Uh, but let me just ask you this: If in fact, because I don't see, like for example, the only way I think Haley becomes a vice president candidate in twenty twenty four is if somehow Trump has to drop out of the race, and I could see maybe it's Haley DeSantis, um, if that were to happen. I think the reason that she's still standing there, and let's face it, in these debates, she's standing there and she's giving it and she's taking it, and I think she's doing rather well. Is she actually looking at this as the springboard for Haley 2028? I'm not certain if... uh the former ambassador uh, has the appetite for running four years from now. But uh, I think it is worth noting that in Iowa um, earlier this year, uh, back in, in March and April, you had Haley telling crowds that the polls they saw that day were not the polls that they would see on Election Day. That's a message that she's brought from Iowa to New Hampshire to South Carolina. And she knows that she was going to be underestimated. A lot of these campaigns uh, did not make uh, a game plan for Nikki Haley. And then they saw her uh, give as good as she got on the debate stage. Yep. And she sort of enjoyed this resurgence. Um, if that can take her to the, the finish line uh, next year or, you know, in four years from now, I'm not certain. Uh, but one thing is, is, is clear, and that is that uh, anyone who underestimated Haley did so to their own detriment. Who have we not mentioned this whole day? Chris Christie. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, get out. Okay. <laughs> I think I think the problem with Ramaswamy is I think he is highly brilliant. I really do. Um, he is a younger, maybe more refined Donald Trump coming out of the business world than Donald Trump was. 
But Donald Trump, with all the rough edges and the bull in the china shop, that's what endeared him to people. But it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. You Listen, you have a fabulous Christmas. We're not here next week. So um, now, now my first Tuesday back is is on January the 2nd. Are you back that day also? Absolutely. I'll, I'll talk to you in the new year. We'll see you right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pat. Merry From Washington, D.C., Inside Politics there with uh, Real Clear Politics and their White House correspondent. Uh, and we will talk to him, Philip Wegman, after the first of the year. Podcasts by Federated Media.